So you've made it to part two of the Crowdcast interview. But I have a few notes before we start again. So I've got some really good news for you. You can now go to the site of musicandmen.com and be among the first to get the novella for episode two by pre-ordering before its official release date. Now, due to the recent, of course, pandemic, the traditional way of doing things has just gone completely out of the window. I know that entertainment is not an essential product, but I want to make sure that anyone who wants access to my art can get it, whether you can return the favor by paying for it or not. So I'm making it super easy to get the digital version of episode two, the novella series called Nothing But a Number. If you can't afford to give $1 or more, great. Just click the Give What You Can button. But if you still want to read this book but cannot support me right now, you know what? That's quite all right. Just click the Read Now, Give Later button. As I mentioned in the last few episodes of the podcast, as an artistic entrepreneur, the upending of everything around us has altered the normal way of going about doing things, but I am certainly not complaining. Financial struggles aside, I've personally welcomed this as an opportunity to focus on gratitude and completely readjusting what's considered normal. Anyway, here's part two of another recent conversation about the Of Music and Men project. This is a two-parter, so if you didn't hear the beginning, just go back and listen to the episode before this one. Now, my people on Patreon, they've already gotten this full interview and they received it in full video format. But for my regular podcast listeners like you, the audio only will be broken up into two parts. Anyway, thank you for listening. Don't forget to go to ofmusicandmen.com. You don't have to do it now, but you can do it after you finish listening and learn more about the episode number two of the novella series, Nothing But a Number. Thanks again, and enjoy the show. Given your experiences with being reaffirmed by the universe, (laughs) um, as well as all of these different um, recognitions from film fests and things like that, what would you say is your writing quirk? Or do you say you have one? Writing quirk. Um, yes. I probably said this is probably the shortest answer I'll give because um, I love talking about this stuff. But the shortest answer I'll give, I, it's so difficult for me to write. Like it's, it's the middle of the day. I'm sitting here talking to you. Like It's so hard to write. <laughs> <laughs> Catch me at 4 a.m. and I am killing it. Like seriously, um, I'm such a night owl. And Recently, I had, I, I see a naturopath doctor and she was like, you can't, you sh- probably shouldn't. She's like, I understand that you're a night owl, <laughs> but she was like, you probably should try to shift your schedule because it's messing with your, with circadian rhythm or something circadian like that. Rhythm, yeah. She's like, you're getting, you're really getting messed up because I'm going to sleep four or five o'clock in the morning, six o'clock. My mother's waking up. I'm like, Hey, how you doing? <laughs> I'm about to go to sleep. I'm going to bed. <laughs> So, yeah, but that's probably the only quirk is that I am actively the last seven months have been trying to shift my schedule back. uh, And it's very difficult. Uh, So, yeah, that's probably the only one um, that I would say is kind of quirky. I feel 
like a lot of writers are like that. At least a lot of writers that I've been in contact with. We just really, um, the daytime hours, <laughs> just, they just don't do it, you know? Daytime is for normal people. Yeah. <laughs> We're weirdos. Well, you guys are weirdos. <laughs> nah, we're weirdos. Um, for me, I think that it's it's much easier to write at night because of the because the daytime is when most people are busy. So once the nighttime falls, they're ready to go to bed. Right. I like the quiet. I like being able to work in peace, and I like being able to go to uh, different areas in my community to be able to write without yeah. distraction. And so I completely, I completely. Why didn't you tell me? All right. So following up with that, I know you talked about it a little bit earlier, mm -hmm. um, but where do you get your inspiration and ideas for your stories? I know that you said earlier that, you know, there's a little bit of that history with you in the music industry and building your global empire that sort of inspired the story for Kenya Shaw and of music of men, but what other what other ways are 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 you receiving inspiration and ideas for books or stories in general? Let's go with books and stories in general. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when it comes to actual books, the only books that I've written, and I say only, and it's been fourteen books, but um. <laughs> Only 14 but, but, the reason, um, <laughs> but the reason why I said only is because um, this universe is the only universe that I've written in for books, meaning the music and men. You know, so for instance, my first story, my first book, my first novel, Tenth Letter, it was Jay's story. So that was another character. When you when you guys see, read, or hear of music and men. You're, Kenya Shaw is the main character. She's loosely based on me. That was that inspiration came from Candace Bushnell, Carrie Bradshaw. The character is loosely based on Candace Bushnell, the writer. Carrie Bradshaw, Sarah Jessica Parker's character is loosely, loosely, we're using air quotes, loosely based on her and her experiences. So for me, in looking at my masters, I said, okay, so Kenya. Shaw will be a, a version of Kayana, Ebony Brown. So the universe of, with this, of Music and Men, uh, that's the only universe that I've written in. Jay's story was the first one. Jay's a, a supporting character in Of Music and Men. Um, Howard University girl from Chicago, a character everyone loves, um, mostly because a lot of the people who are into Of Music and Men have read Tenth Letter and they love Jay because they know so much more about her. The whole book was about her. Mm -hmm. And then Ty um, is the other supporting female character in um, of music and men. So it's three female characters that are essentially telling that side of the story. So um, I would have to say that my, as far as inspiration and where the stories come from, I'm a very spiritual person. So I really don't prefer to write like stories that are super contrived. Um, where I have to sit around for a long time and try to figure out the like how things happen. I usually like to let the story, stories that need to be told, I usually like to let them come to me 
Mm-hmm. So for Music Men, the, the inspiration for that was my own experiences and experiences of a lot of people around me um, packaged in such a way that's a half an hour each episode. And it's very thematic. You'll notice that every episode has its own theme that everyone goes through uh, in some way, in their own way. So, for instance, the first episode with the pilot, it was it's called Thinking of a Master Plan. and Everyone in that story has some kind of plan in their mind that they have wanted or do want um, to happen in their life or or whatever the case may be. And in some way, it doesn't go the way that they think it should go. And um, the existential part of that is that at the end of that episode, the main character sort of asks us the question, do we make our own plans? Or are we sort of just trying to navigate what the universe is making up for us? We think we're doing something. We always think we're doing something. But are we just sort of, and I I don't want to sound cynical and say, are we pawns on some kind of, you know, game that someone somewhere Mm -hmm. in the universe is playing? I don't want to get negative like that, but it's more so we are doing a lot. Like we do a lot. We're human beings. We're supposed to just be, but we do an awful lot. We do a lot Mm -hmm. of doing. (laughs) <laughs> and we always like to feel like we're doing something. The important so questions. Out, huh? <laughs> <laughs> the important questions. You know, a lot of that comes up in my work and and it comes up in a fun way, you know, where you know, in ways that can can be sometimes funny or sometimes just fun in general watching these people do what they do and then things backfiring on them and stuff like that. But with thinking of a master plan, it was like Kenya had all of these plans and even herself uh, she herself will go against her own plan. Like she had this whole thing in her mind that she wanted to be independent. Sound familiar? I just kind of mentioned that a few. <laughs> she has this whole thing where she wants to remain independent. Her record company, uh, she runs an indie record company in LA. Her goal starting off four years ago was, I want this to be independent, independent of any corporate persuasion. But in our first episode, when we first meet her, she has this, she's just sort of happens to be at a somewhere in DC and she happens to see the biggest radio station in DC, which is a big corporation radio station. And the first thing that comes to her mind is I should try to get my artist on there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, she forgot all about <laughs> the original plan of an opportunity she thought could help her skip a few steps. Really, that's what it was about. She thought that this could be an opportunity for me to skip a few steps and get my artist on the station because they have this show where they spotlight indie artists. And my artist would be perfect for it. So I'm going to approach them and try to make that happen. You hear that a lot in music, especially in hip hop. Let's make it happen. We, mm-hmm. we try to do that. So that's what she tried to do. And long, you know, not to tell you what happens in the story, but it doesn't happen the way that <laughs> she thought or hoped that it would happen. Of course but, not. Of course not. But the thing is, the fact that she had a plan, she had a master plan that she herself negated not the universe not something that you know somebody came out of somewhere and you know <laughs> it cut her off no she did it to herself yeah and that sort of is a, a running theme with my work is that a lot of what happens what we say to us is really in some way we bring it on ourselves in one way on ourselves in one way or another mm-hmm. but um so the inspiration again it's life is sort of the inspiration for a lot of my stories because life by itself is enough Mm. Life itself really is, and there's a movie on on Amazon called Life Itself, a brilliant movie um, with Olivia Wilde in it. Not trying to plug it, but I just watched it like for the second time. It's really good. But yeah, life itself 
is sort of the motivation for any great story that you need. Um, granted, if you try to do like an action story or something like that, that's different. You might want to sit around and think about, you know, some crazy stuff that could happen. But really, I don't, I don't have to really think too hard. I just think of a theme. Um, what theme do I want to cover? Uh, like I said, for that one, it was planning or thinking of master plans that we want to have for ourselves. The second episode is all about age. How important is age? Is it? That's why it's called nothing but a number. Um, and so everyone deals with age in, a, in their respective ways. Um, and some of it's funny. Some of it's heartbreaking. But age just plays a major role. So you can take, I mean, I can go on forever, literally with these episodes. If you just throw one word at me, I can think of, you know, seven different, there's about uh, six different characters in the story that all have uh, an arc in every episode. And give them a way of interpreting that word that you threw uh, at me. So that's essentially what the motivation is, really life itself. Mm. Man, <laughs> you, you know, you're, you're great with this interview thing. Thank um, you. I, I must admit, I must admit. Um, you are obviously very, I don't know if passionate is the right word. Oh, that is the right word. It might be a, a understatement. I don't know. Um, but you you you're very invested in writing and the the art, I would say, as the overall. Appreciate that. But when you're not writing, <laughs> <laughs> when I'm not what is writing? it that you do for fun? What are your hobbies? What are your interests? I'm gonna sound what are like your loves. Uh watching movies and TV. <laughs> <laughs> but that's but you know what I, I I say that but that's sort of like the way I'm watching movies and TV is probably it's not different from how everyone else right. is probably um reading scripts like I just read the script for Parasite oh god I do read a lot but I, I half the stuff that I read or probably 60% of the things that I read is scripts like it just as a screenwriter it's best to read scripts and then watch the movie or vice versa and then do it together. Like that is so fun. And I, like I said, I know it sounds so nerdy, but that is so fun to watch a movie and have the script and see what, what made it into the movie, what didn't, what changed, how they said those lines. Like that's like so fun to me. <laughs> but um, um, I actually love fitness and wellness. Uh, my family, they call me like, members of my family will call me like I'm a doctor and ask me like what to do in situations. Nobody's called me about, you know, the outbreak or whatever, but when they get like a cold or high blood pressure or something like that, I went from cold to high blood pressure. Cause I've actually addressed both of them, but it's like, do you have any teas that I could uh, take or any type of remedy? But I'm really, really into that kind of stuff. And I love working out like, every day i usually work out five or six days i usually take at least one break day but i just i actually genuinely enjoy it um lifting lifting weights like i love doing those kinds of resistance training and i actually do it for fun it's very meditative to me uh it's the one time of the day that i can really step away from the doing of life like i said we always feel like we have to be doing all the time you can't think about other things other than lifting this heavy thing because if you're thinking about something while you're lifting something heavy something bad can happen Mm -hmm. so when you're lifting weights or doing some kind of choreography uh i'm not really into dance that's not really my like the zumba thing i'm not into that 
but I do work out with like Shalene Johnson. That's like my, my girl, like she does these workout videos. I love working out with her. She's a crazy person. Um, when it comes <laughs> <laughs> no, she seriously is like, I love it though. Um, but you can't think about anything else. Cause what she has you doing, if your mind goes for a second on something else, you, it can be, it can result in some bad stuff happening to you. So oh, wow. that's, when you think about um, fitness and things like that, you really, it's the one time you have to be focused, like meditation. You need to be focused on what you're doing and not anything else. So I, I really have to take time every day to do that in order to not be thinking about something else. Um, or uh, it's just, it's some, it's, that's sort of my me time when I'm doing that, but I, I just really love it. It sounds like a lot of, I don't want to sound judgy, but a lot of, a lot of healthy lifestyle choices. Um, fitness is very important. And I, I think it's very important. I think it's very important to commend you on actually, um, been invested in, you know, how you take care of yourself in addition to how you consume uh, art. That's know, because you know, <laughs> you know about, I told you, I've told her, you know, off camera, like what, what I eat in a day, like the kind of stuff that I eat. So, um, <laughs> so for instance, for instance, during this situation that we're in, in America with, grocery shopping and stuff like that. I actually have not had a very bad problem with grocery shopping because 80% of the stuff that I eat, no one else wants. So, <laughs> so I went into Trader Joe's and this, look, we went into Trader Joe's the other day at like, I know it had to be five o'clock in the evening. You would think five o'clock in the evening, nothing's left. All the kale in the world, all the green. I just put them all in my cart. Like, seriously, it's so funny. Like every night for the past, um, cause I get into, I do it in cycles. So like this season, since, um, probably since November, I've been eating, cause I eat a lot of salads when it's, when it's warm out, but since it's been cool, you know, cold out in the wintertime, uh, I steam those things down. So I cut up, like I go through so many onions and mushrooms and all these greens, like all that stuff was still in the store because nobody wanted it. And, and it's not that they don't eat it, it's probably because they think it's gonna go bad before they eat it, they right. stuck in the house, I don't know how it can go bad, but it doesn't <laughs> go bad in my house. Like I have bags and bags and bags of greens and I just, you know, steam them down. And um, usually for my protein, it's usually like, I'm, I don't wanna get into that. But anyway, um, <laughs> but those kind of food are still in the right. <laughs> still in the store so i didn't really have a, a big problem with shopping during a global situation so. i think um <laughs> trader joe's is great in general because we actually yeah. went to trader joe's as well i'm not telling y'all my location well i already know where i am but um exactly. all of the trader joe's in dc uh downtown were just like out of commission meanwhile mm. mine was like fully stocked with the exception of chicken. I don't know why y'all just go and get chicken. All of the chicken was gone. All of the chicken was gone. I'm not really into chicken. <laughs> I don't even eat meat like that. But I'm like, maybe I wanted a chicken breast. Like y'all are doing the most. But um, it's, it's really good that you're able to, you know, maximize this 
<laughs> grocery <laughs> crisis. <laughs> It's not the it's not the prices. It's the you know people are taking the people, like, the goods and stuff like that. All of the things, all yeah. of them. Um, we don't have much time left, but I do have two more questions. I want to okay. Ask. So first being, no, you're fine. <laughs> the first being, um, a lot of writers have a uh, hard time writing. Uh, because they don't feel like they have the the, the skill set, they don't know where to begin. So, what advice or suggestions, rather, what suggestions do you have that will help, um, at whether they're experienced or upcoming writers, to become better writers? So, I'll just say what works for me, because it may be, <laughs> it might be horrible advice for you, mm-hmm. um, but it's proven to be good to me. Uh, is to, I'm big on sayings. If you listen to the podcast, which I didn't even mention of Music and Men as a podcast, you can get everywhere, like everywhere you get podcasts. I know I didn't, I didn't <laughs> that, was, that was part of the multimedia. Like it went books, movies, store, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, so one of the things that I do at the end of the podcast is give you like a word of inspiration or motivation just to kind of help you until the next time we meet, which we meet every week, uh, not meet, but the podcast every week. Uh, when it comes to genius, this is one of my favorite quotes that I heard somewhere. I can't credit it because I don't know who said it. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is, when it comes to genius, everybody steals. The thing is, thieves steal from one person. Geniuses steal from everybody. Amen. So <laughs> be a genius, pretty much. So look at One thing that I did early on was I looked at two, three of my favorite writers, um, and this can be any form of writing, screenwriting, authors, uh, read their stuff, watch their movies, watch their films, uh, find the quirks, uh, copy them, copy those people to death. Trust me, you are not going to be as good as they are. It's just not going to happen. Maybe one day you'll be as good or better one day. But if you're a 15-year-old, 13-year-old, or 30-year-old, or 50-year-old who just started writing, you're not going to be Toni Morrison, I promise you. It's true. But, but, the is, <laughs> but the thing is, you you can find uh, the trail in her writing. You can use Toni Morrison as an example. Absolutely. You can, you know, genius or success, as they say, leaves clues. She's very successful. Success leaves clues. So look at Toni Morrison or whoever your favorite writer is. I'm just using her because she's on my list. Zadie Smith, I mentioned before, is on my list. Aaron Sorkin is on my list. I study Aaron Sorkin for screenwriting. Um, like crazy reading his stuff. He did the social network. He did a bunch of movies, but, uh, and even plays, but, um, you look at their stuff and you really try to try your best to be them. Mm -hmm. At least again, this might be horrible advice, but it works. It is working for me. It has worked for me is to study your masters. Uh, and as uh, was mentioned in her earlier that when I was a kid, even though I didn't know when I was going to be a writer, that kind of thing. But a teacher, uh, when I was like in third grade, used to say, do you guys want to stay in for lunch or do you want to hear me read a story to you? And I was one of like maybe four to six people that were like, I would love to go outside and play, go outside and play for a recess. But I actually want to hear a story because <laughs> that sounds fun. And he would read, for some reason, he always read Edgar Allan Poe stories. Like, I don't know why it was always that. <laughs> <laughs> that I can't, maybe master. someone asked That's for why. it. Huh? That was his master. 
Maybe it was his, you're right. Maybe it was his master, but he would always read Edgar Allan Poe stories and they were so good to me. And I remember writing my own Edgar Allan Poe style story. I, and I, you couldn't tell me, I was third grade. You could not tell me that I wasn't Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> you couldn't tell me that. It was just like, and, and I thought it was so scary. Like Edgar's, I didn't realize the, you know, the minutia that Edgar Allan Poe was using in his stuff. But for me, third grade, by fourth grade, Edgar Allan Poe better watch out. So it was just like, it was like, I would, I would do the same thing, try to do that. Now I don't write horror right now or any kind of uh, thing. Like my writing is so far from Edgar Allan Poe type of writing, but I will say that that really did help early on with the, even the desire to even want to write stories came from being so enamored by his stuff and wanting to do that so bad because part of it was, um, seeing the reaction from my, my even myself and other kids, mm-hmm. how we would be like, just the response we got. I was like, I want to make people feel that way. Mm-hmm. I want to make people want to, you know, whatever that feeling may be. It was a response that he was getting, that the teacher was getting by reading Edgar stuff. And I was like, I want to do that for people. So, um, so yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, that's probably the best thing. Study the masters, try your best to emulate them, find the quirks in their work, copy it. You're not going to be them but you're going to find your own voice eventually with that. Mm. Now you talked a little bit about Edgar Allan Poe's stories. Mm-hmm. What would you say makes a good story? What made those stories great? What makes uh, Zadie Smith's stories great? What, 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 what do you find in a great or a good story? So for me, um, <clears throat> I'm not going to say, you know, what, what makes Edgar's or Zadie's or Tony's stories, you know, res- what, what makes them perfect in my eyes. But I will say just for me mm-hmm. as a writer, um, finding some kind of truth, as I mentioned with the music and men that came from, um, or those stories, cause they're episodic. Uh, those stories come from some level of experience. It comes from the heart first mm-hmm. and foremost. Um, but it comes from some level of experience. Now, on it, I'll be honest with you. Some of those experiences are exaggerated a bit because this is, you know, an entertainment platform. So something might have happened one way, but it may be a slightly exaggerated for uh, for screen or for the podcast or for whatever medium you're listening or, or watching it on or reading it. But the stories that I love the most um, come from truth. They come from the heart. And I will say, one thing that I'm watching now, I'll just use TV as an example. One TV show that I'm watching, right, that I just finished watching the first season of is Rami. And I'd heard about it. I listened to, I knew Rami as a comedian. I heard it's Rami Youssef. I've heard of, I heard that he was doing a TV show and hadn't seen it. It's on Hulu. Most TV shows that I watch, I watch them. I like them. Um, I enjoy them. You know, they do something like Grey's Anatomy has been with me for most of my like, like Grey's Anatomy has been with me probably longer than my mother like seriously <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but and I do it's been a long time so it's like I love Grey's Anatomy I enjoy the characters I mostly watch most people watch it now because they do love the characters that they've been with especially Meredith mm-hmm. but you know it's it's I sort of just accept that it's something I like it's almost I'm watching it out of routine Mm-hmm. Um, and that's with most stories, most TV shows that I watch. I watch them because I like them. You know, is I may not want like Stranger Things. I don't want to write that kind of stuff. I just I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But with Rami, it was like every every once in a while you get a TV show or a book or something like that that hits you in a way that's just like mm-hmm. 
this is why, this is why I want to do this. Yes. And Rami really did that for me. Um, it's about a Muslim, young Muslim millennials experiences navigating New York. He's from Egypt, but he's not, his parents are from Egypt, he's American, but he wants to know his roots and who he is. And he's trying in so many different ways to discover who he is. And that existential thing probably plays a big role in that for me. But I love that kind of stuff. It seems so, to be a common theme. Yeah, you know. <laughs> One of those things where, you know, and I'll answer that shortly, is one of those things where I feel like we are forced in some ways, whether literally forced by our parents or we're forced societally to adapt to particularly like religions and things like that that want to make us do things based on some rules. And I just feel like the people who ask the most questions are the people who and who constantly ask questions because I'm constantly asking questions and I don't mean asking other people I'm talking about asking God mm-hmm. or what you may consider God or, and and again that's a totally different conversation for another time but I think that at continuing to ask those questions or ask questions about our presence here really those to me those are the people who 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 have a, an experience unlike other people I'll just say mm-hmm. So Rami is doing that in his piece. I definitely want to accomplish that with of music and men. Um, but I've been thinking about, you know, what makes a good story? Like, why do I like what I like? And I was like, you know, thinking of TV, it comes in, uh, it, it comes to us in, in different ways. You can have one that's like a heartfelt story like that. Then you have ones that are kind of obvious and I'll use like Superstore as an example this is like about the goings on of people in a big box store mm-hmm. you know kind of obvious Grey's Anatomy obvious hospital cops cop shows obvious Silicon Valley those are really obvious stories that are good they just have to rely on good execution right. then you have the contrived stories stories that feel like two one to five people sat in a room and tried and tried and tried to come up with something it's so far-fetched but they go with it and uh, there's a few shows like that that are very popular that have won awards. Like Rami won an Emmy. There's some, there's some ones that won Emmys that's just like, this guy is, you know, a bank robber who wants to be a rock star. But, you know, but, but, but bank robbing pays the bills and he's so good at it. But in order to not be a bank robber, he has to get the cops off his trail and, you know, it's just like, okay, now you just, you just, it. You're, just, now you just you're not even trying anymore. Yeah, I mean, you're trying too hard. Like, it's like, it's one thing to not try, but sometimes people can try too hard. But you know what? Sometimes when people, when they do that, they do strike gold. Um, and I'm not saying it's gold as far as it being good, but they can get, you know, awards that make them feel like it's good. So they keep doing it. But it's just like... <laughs> That I'm not going to say that that's that I hate all things that are contrived like that, but I'll just say I don't prefer. That's not your preference. That are, right. I don't necessarily prefer things that are contrived in that way. Sorry about that. That's actually. If you hear that, do you hear that noise? That's what happens when you're in a basement and you have all these functions going on. So I do apologize if you're. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> It wasn't kind of functions going on down there. It's called a sump pump, and that sound lets you know that it's doing its job. How about that? But no, but you know what? You go pump. It was loud, so I'm glad you didn't hear it. But anyway, um, all I hear is Beyonce. Yo, uh, the homecoming. (laughs) (laughs) 
So you hear homecoming, and I'm hearing stump pumps. Like we could be <laughs> different, completely different places. But um, but yeah, but yeah, it's 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 up to you. You can write from the heart. You can look around and write the obvious. Look at Superstore. I have an idea for a really good one. That's sort of like an obvious tale. But Superstore is a really good show. It's super funny. Um, but it's just about people that work in like a Target. I mean, they call it Cloud Nine, but it's like a Target or a Walmart, and it's hella funny. And then you know, then you have the contrived ones. So you can wreck your brain. Those—that's what I—that's the problem that I think most people run into, though. Mm-hmm. When you say I don't, I can't write. I'm having a hard time. It's because you're trying to contrive something, mm-hmm. and you're not allowing a story to be. You're not either. You're not looking around and finding the best stories that are already there. You're not looking within and finding mm-hmm. the best stories that are there. You're looking without, mm-hmm. and it's hard to look without. A lot of times it's right like, huh? All right. <laughs> Sometimes it takes groups to write by looking without. And and all of these things have their place. But um I say for you, like especially younger writers, write what you they say write what you know, and you may be like, Well, I don't know anything. You've experienced something that you can absolutely pull from. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, you know, this has been fantastic. Um, I would like for you to Tell people where they can listen to your podcast, where they can connect with you. You know, let the people let the people come to you. Let them flock to you. You know, where can they find you? So a, a Music and Men is a podcast. Um, the point of that was to make sure it was weekly, like a book takes too long to publish, even if I'm not doing it. Um, but a podcast, I can break that, those novellas down and give them to you weekly in some way. And you get a little extra with the podcast. Uh, I had to make it a different experience for you. Mm-hmm. So you get something a little extra. It's much better than an audiobook. It's not just me reading the book to you. It is. So um, so it's, it's just a different experience. Thanks to, uh, there's a company called Filmstro that's been helping me out a lot with that. And also there are a bunch of indie artists that I meet online all the time. I'm meeting them and they are so gracious, gracious enough to let me use their music to feature in the podcast, to help you, to help create a scene for you, help just help you feel like this is a show about music. I could not do it without the music. Mm. So it's a bunch of indie artists that um, lend their support of all genres from classical music to dubstep. So it's, everything in between all right uh, yeah, yeah everything in between and they find that all of those uh different sounds have a way and they have a place um they may not all be in one episode but they have a way and they have a place in the show and so you can find it everywhere you listen to podcasts um apple stitcher um spotify all the big ones and then all many of the little ones too but you can go to of music and um we didn't even talk about the title of music and men. People keep saying of mice and men. It's not mice and men, but it was inspired by that poem. <laughs> it was inspired by that poem. I did say it once. I think you, I said it once. I don't think you said I don't think you said mice. I would have I would have like caught you with that. But oh. that poem says the best laid schemes of mice and men often go awry and leave us nothing but grief and pain for promised joy. So basically I'm anything dealing with that's not my poem but it's basically saying anything dealing with mice and men will always kind of screw you over so i just changed it to music and men so for mm-hmm. kenya anything dealing with and men leave nothing but grief and pain for promise joy. <laughs> it's so like the story um, of our lives 
Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's where the title came from in brief. But yeah, of musicandmen.com, you can find everything you need there. Um, yeah. What about on social media? <laughs> at Music and Men. Everywhere. <laughs> Everywhere at Music and at, at, at Music and Men. Look, I'm doing at of Music and Men. <laughs> Sorry. It's at of Music and Men. That's Everywhere great. on social media. Instagram, Twitter, we are growing. So growing. go there, follow, and uh, I'll send you, I'll, I post, um, we make sure to post information about the episodes as they're released and all throughout the week, information about the episodes and the artists where you can follow them if they're featured in the episode. Fantastic. Again, oh, head to ofmusicandmen.com, subscribe to the Of Music and Men podcast. And while you're at it, you know, you might as well just follow Of Music and Men on Instagram, Twitter, you know. Might as well. I don't know you're not losing anything. You ain't doing nothing else. You're at home. <laughs> you at home anyway. So I mean, come on. Um, this has been fantastic. Do you have any parting words for those who will be seeing this now or in the future or in the past? Parting words. Yes. No, I'm, I'm, it just it, I hope you I hope you find some value mm-hmm. in the stories and the themes in the stories. And I hope that it helps you to become a more comfortable version of being. Mm. Another great saying, we're human beings. I mean, we're spiritual beings, I'm sorry, on a human journey. <laughs> on a human journey, not mm. human beings. On a, well, I screwed that up. <laughs> <laughs> I screwed that up. Screwed uh, that up. But the point is, <laughs> the point is, the point is, <laughs> The point is, we're having this incredible spiritual journey. So I hope that in this, um, I hope that in this um, series, whether through the podcast or through the novellas, that you find something that resonates with you, that just can help you along your path. Absolutely, and I co-sign because of music and men is fantastic. Again, it makes you think of all the big questions, all the universal questions that. We sometimes try to avoid. Uh, we should not do that. <laughs> try to avoid it. We feel like we don't know the answer. So yes, and we are, um, you know, we are spiritual beings. We are also human beings, um, and I think that we should definitely take many of those big questions into consideration as we embark on this reading journey of of music and men. Uh, see what I did there. <laughs> but this was fantastic. Um, again, please follow, subscribe, and you know, connect with Kayana. This has been great. Of music and men, been out, you know, for a while. She's she's creating a, I want to say, uh, an innovative, um, acoustic experience with the podcast. Um. It's a very good auditory experience. And with the upcoming publication, Nothing But a Number, that one's lit too. So you're going to love it. Mm-hmm. Um, we have had a great time here. Catch us next time on Monday. We're going to be on IG Live answering different questions related to oh, no. Nothing But a Number. <laughs>
I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, we'll be on, on IG Live on Monday, and then you'll catch us on Twitter via our Twitter chat. So stay yeah. tuned. Thanks for tuning in, and be safe out here in these streets, y'all. Again, we'll have more coming up in the following weeks, what's happening and where it's going with this project, because there are some really, really exciting things coming up and how you can be a part of it. Yes, you can be an integral part of everything moving forward. And don't forget to go to ofmusicandmen.com right now. You're finished. You can go right now for info on how you can get your copy of Novella Episode 2 for any amount you want or can give. Patrons, of course, get it automatically as part of their patronage. Go to patreon.com slash ofmusicandmen to learn more about how you can become part of our team. To learn more about the artists featured on this episode, check out your show notes for links on how you can support them as well. And of course, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. It is very important for helping this project grow and this podcast grow. Thanks again and see you next week.